Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast where we talk about what's going on in our brains instead of what's happening outside. We're your hosts, Steffi Bredmore and Megan Myers. This week's episode, More Potter! Hey, Steffi. Hi, Megan. How's it going? It's going. Um, you know, I was preparing for this week's recording, and I definitely had things that I was going to tell you, and now that we've sat down to record, I don't remember what any of them were. Oh, man. I know. It's <laughs> getting old, man. It's a real struggle. <laughs> You better, I hope you remember soon, because now I'm just going to be waiting. You are. I, you know what? I'm probably going to have to text you later and be like, oh my God, this is what it was. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the first time. It would not be the first time. Uh, and it can't have been that exciting if I already forgot. Uh, sometimes I think that's true, but on the other hand, I have remembered very exciting things that I have forgotten previously. So That's true. That's true. You know what? Sometimes there's just so much going on in your brain and you just can't. It's just all trapped in there, and it's hard to get to the pieces that you need to get to at any given moment. Yeah. Megan, what's new with you? Well, I just got a late Christmas present, mm. and it is very fancy, and I'm afraid to use it, but it... <laughs> Tell me more. Um, My husband went above and beyond, and he got me a hand-forged carbon steel oh. frying pan. Um, so yeah, I'm a little afraid of it. I have to season it. And so that's like my main, like, oh my God. Uh, so professional cooker person, I've never seasoned a pan before. (laughs) I mean, it's, I don't, I get intimidated by seasoning our cast iron. So I usually make Alex do it because he does it all the time at the restaurant. Um, it's so funny that you say that though, because my, um, brother-in-law and his wife got, my mother-in-law, I think, like, a very similar pan for mm. Christmas, and it was gorgeous, and she opened it up, and Alex and I, like, our jaws fell to the floor, and we were like, if that goes missing, don't come look at our house. <laughs> so that's a good gift. And he got you your gravity blanket, so yeah, good he's job, really, Bob. I mean, I asked for the gravity blanket, but he, like, he, like did this on his own. you. Yeah. Um, wow. So it's pretty great. So yeah. impressed with him. Today. I'll let you know, like once I actually use it. Would she like work up the courage? Yeah, I think I'm. I'm just. It's the smoking when you're seasoning it that it's freaks me terrifying. out. I don't want like the smoke alarm to go off and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, it's kind of terrifying. We have a um, a saucepan, like a saucier from Moviel, but it's not their copper. It's their like steel, and it also mm. has to be seasoned and. It terrifies me, and I almost yeah. never use it because I'm afraid I'm gonna fuck it up. So good luck. Yep, that's why I don't have. <laughs> that's why I don't have cast iron because I'm afraid of it. So. I, I I finally conquered my cast iron fears mostly because I got a cast iron like a lodge combo cooker, so mm-hmm. I could um, bake my bread in it because um, it's makes for really good. So you don't have to like put you see, try to steam your oven and yada yada. Anyway, so I got that. And I love it. So now I'm like, okay, well, I have to take care of this now. So I'm like dipping my toe into the water, but it's still yeah. a little terrifying. Yeah. Also, the nice thing about cast iron is like if you if it does rust, if you do fuck it up, like you can steal wool that rust off and start over. But mostly I just try to make Alex do, <laughs> make Alex do it. <laughs> right. The good thing I think is that because it's a gift, like he has some buy-in so he is not going to ruin it either. Oh, yeah, that helps. Like, if it was just something that I bought, he might not know anything. He might screw it up on his own. Like, right. Like, trying to do good by washing it for me. Right. Um, But because he purchased it and everything, like, he knows. It's yes. got some special tender love and care coming up for it. <laughs> yes, that is very, very helpful. Well, so last week we started with our Harry Potter episode, and we talked for so long that we realized that we needed to cut that baby into two parts. So, because is it Harry Potter content if it's not broken into two parts? 
So please enjoy the rest of our Harry Potter episode with Kathleen Curto. Kind of touched on the movies a little bit, but I'm sure we all have very strong opinions about the movies. (laughs) So let's get into that. I love them. I really do. But I also have many problems with certain parts of them, which I don't notice unless I'm watching them with another Harry Potter super fan or if I've just recently read Mm -hmm. the books. Then I noticed the the flaws more. Um, But back in April, last April, Steffi and I decided that we were going to watch all eight movies together. And for anyone who remembers that I live in California and Steffi lives not in California. (laughs) Like, how did you do that? Because we were not together. But we, my husband was in grad school and was gone a couple nights a week and so we would start the movies at the same time together and text the whole way through and the flaws for me really start towards the last few movies and Goblet of Fire I forgive on some levels because when they wrote it initially they thought it was going to be two movies and then they realized it wasn't and they had to try and condense it but I don't think I will ever forgive them for not including the other minister in Half-Blood Prince. Such a good chapter. And they leave it out. Right? And then they go burn down the burrow. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, put the other minister in and forget the burrow thing. It just it Put the other minister sense. in and take and... out the scene that didn't happen. <laughs> right. Right. And then when you get to Deathly Hallows, where you do have two movies... Put in some of the background information that you need to understand what's going on. Like, why did Voldemort make Horcruxes out of, you know, the, um, I'm a, apparently I'm a Ravenclaw and can't remember the name of this thing. The yeah. diadem, you know, the, like, why did he do that? Why did he want Horcruxes from all of the founders? Like, but you don't even hear yeah. that at all and you don't get any of his background except for the creepy orphanage scenes and where you're like this kid is possessed and it's freaking me out but so much of his background and whole character would have made a lot more sense if they had put more of that into the movies instead of spending a whole movie with the threesome wandering around (laughs) yes for hours (laughs) yes listening to a radio of the people that had died or gone missing uh i i also i enjoy watching the movies but clearly have a few very strong feelings (laughs) about things that they left (laughs) out did wrong um and i think your point about the fact that they leave out a lot of backstory is really important because like for those of us that read all the books and are obsessed with the books, like we know all that backstory. And so like our brains sort of automatically put it there. But like mm-hmm. for my husband, bless his soul, he's never read the books. So there are certain things like if I have one of the movies on and and he's watched all of the movies, but if I have one of the movies on and he comes in, like sometimes he'll ask me questions that for someone yeah. who like knows the book so well, I'm like, why are you asking me that? And then I have to like stop and be yep. like, oh wait, they don't talk about that in the movies. Like, no wonder he's confused and asking questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like my husband is finally reading them, um, and he he's only on Chamber of Secrets, but as he was reading the the first one, Sorcerer's Stone. There were so many times where he would look up and like ask questions and kind of reference the movie because he's seen it so many times with our son that he was kind of amazed at how much got left out, which I felt very proud of (laughs) when he when he realized that. But yeah, so much got left out. Yeah. I mean, that's always happens with not books Books to movies. movies. Yeah. Um, so I kind of expect that, I guess. Um, yeah. And as, and as a whole, I think that 
in compared to other books to movies, I think that the series as a whole does a pretty decent job of sticking to the story. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I always feel weird when I look back and like watch the first two movies, which I know were Christopher Columbus director mm-hmm. as opposed to the much darker David yeah, Gates. David Gates and Alfonso Cuarón. Alfonso <laughs> Um, and they just, I guess the first two just seem so silly to me they do. now, like looking back and I'm like, it, did they, I'm sure they didn't like think about how it was going to become this crazy thing at the time that they were making the movies. And I don't know if they knew the direction that the stories were going when they, you know, first started making them. I don't think they did. Cause I, because the last couple books weren't out right. yet. And J.K. Rowling only told Alan Rickman Snape's backstory. Yeah. He, was the, he was the only person like in the world that knew. But even that. in like, like book four, I guess, like did they know what was going to happen in book four when they were doing the first movie? You know, it's like, because it feels so drastic to me when you're watching the movies and the first two are like so light and airy and la la la. And then you get to number four and you're like, and someone gets murdered. And you're like, oh, (laughs) And we all have terrible haircuts. Uh, (laughs) Their their hair in in four is just so pretty bad. Uh, Also, I would say that Chamber is arguably the worst movie of the eight. It is pretty bad. I think it's. It's partially because it's a sequel, I think. So they're trying to, like, recapture that, like, flash in the pan kind of sort of thing that they had from the first movie. Yeah. Not that it was a flash in the pan overall, but, like, you know what I, I think they you know what I mean. They weren't seeing the big picture of everything. Right. And also, like, there's that bit where you can sort of, in the first movie, you can sort of forgive the fact that all the kids are terrible actors. Yeah, but as you get further along, you're like, oh, they they're really really bad actors <laughs> until they get better, obviously. But um, I think that's part of the second one, and I I know part of the second one too. That's also not my that's my least favorite book. Yeah, it's I agree with that. It's not my favorite book. I've I finally have learned that when I read them. You know, I mean, I'm going to read all of them. I'm not going to skip one, but I read Chamber more to find the little little Easter eggs that she leaves in it about what's coming Mm -hmm. up. That's that's the, you know, more enjoyment that I get out of that. Can we talk about um, Dumbledore one versus Dumbledore two? (laughs) <laughs> so the first so the first two yeah oh, the first Harris. two movies have Richard Harris and then he sadly passed away and so they recast starting in uh as the prisoner of Azkaban <laughs> Michael Gambon yeah. is Dumbledore uh please discuss I mean they're just so different they are so different they are I I don't know. I don't have. I don't think I have as big of a problem with it as a lot of other people do. I mean, especially the people that listen to Binge Mode the <laughs> podcast, um, who have very. Harry, what's your name? The Cobble of Fire. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that. Well, I think that what Michael Gambon got wrong is that he didn't. I don't think he read the books, so he didn't have like a good understanding of who Dumbledore really was. Mm -hmm. And so there are certain things about his performance that I really like and a couple, you know, it's little nuances here and there when he's talking to the kids or different gestures that he makes that I like, but I think it was a poor decision, especially if you're going to take on the role of this extremely important character in a series that was a global phenomenon at -hmm. at the time i mean at that point so many of the books have been published and the first two movies it's it was clear that you know this this character is important and i feel like he should have paid more respect to that by reading 
the books and not just saying, well, I want to make it my own. And so I'm not going to read it, you know, like Jude Law read as much as he possibly could. I think Jude Law is the best Dumbledore. And I'm not just saying that because he's he's (laughs) delicious, (laughs) but because I think he really captures the essence of the character yeah. yeah, in a way that neither of the other two he, did. It's it's like he falls kind of in between Richard Harris yeah. and Michael mm-hmm. Gambon. I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I yeah i I wish we could have seen what Richard Harris would have done with a character um, across the series, but yeah, there's definitely. Definitely some things where you're like, oh, okay. Well, now he's there are. yelling at Harry, and he's not supposed to yell at Harry. I know that that just upsetting. Make sense. <laughs> but it is upsetting. I also find very amusing that um, Dumbledore, well, Neville seems to have in the movies seems to have the best glow up. If we're yeah. you know, yes. going to be honest <laughs> and Dumbledore between movies, if we're going in chronological order, going from Jude Law to Richard Harris seems to have. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, how did he get in the span of like 40 years? <laughs> right. Because, well, I think that's like, have like a timeline problem, though, because how old is Dumbledore supposed yeah. to be? He's supposed in the to first? be. Oh. Don't they he's say like he's, to, he's, no, like he's like 300 and something? Or 100 and... He's well over 100 because they talk. She talks about the yeah, fact they that. They mention like, it. Because um, wizards lived to be longer than. Live to be longer. Live to be. <laughs> I'm a Ravenclaw. Live to be older than muggles because they can cure a lot of like the muggle diseases and stuff so he is like over well over a hundred but I right I, but the time period between between like Fantastic Beasts uh-huh, and like the scene which is 20 right, and the scene in the the creepy scene in the orphanage in uh yes like yeah <laughs> I think there's only supposed to be like I don't know, like 20 or 30 years between those scenes. So how are we going to get Jude Law (laughs) to like old bearded Dumbledore? I don't know, but I want to stay in Jude Law. I mean, I guess when they did the creepy orphanage scenes, they probably, I don't, I don't know if they had realized they were going to make the Fantastic Beasts movie at that time. Probably not. And so I, I guess I can kind of forgive that. And I guess I can see how yeah. Jude Law in 1926 can become Dumbledore in 1995. I guess. <laughs> but. Yeah. I don't know. That's a problem when you make movies that have like these weird prequel situations and you think too hard about it as Ravenclaws do. I think the problem is that. They made creepy orphanage scene Dumbledore t- like too old. Like I think, and I like obviously they had to have the same actor playing him, and you can only make him so young because he is a certain age. But I think that that's where the problem is: is that he was actually portrayed as being like older than they should have portrayed him as. So I choose to believe that Jude Law is correct and on the nose and should be our Dumbledore forever and ever. Amen. I thought you were actually yeah. going to say is that the problem is that they made the creepy orphanage scene and stopped. I mean, okay, which... yes, that too. <laughs> <laughs> they made well, and the okay, they made the creepy orphanage scene, and like Kathleen said, and they didn't include any of the other stuff. Nothing. So, like, I would have loved to have seen the scene at the Gaunt Shack. Like, yes, I... anything about the Gaunts. They didn't include anything and they about the Gaunts or so his parents other than that because it's so yes. richly described like the, the other problem in is that in Chamber of Secrets when he has the flashbacks with Tom like I know it's a different actor still but like didn't they make him look younger then than he looked like yeah. it, it was the whole issue it, yeah there's there's a lot of a lot of timeline yeah. aging of Dumbledore <gasps> issues oh also oh, sorry go ahead Fun, I was going to say, fun fact, 
speaking of Chamber of Secrets, um, when they did those scenes with Tom Riddle in, in the flashback mm-hmm. scenes and, you know, when he confronts Harry, uh, Eddie Redmayne actually auditioned for oh. that role and did not get it. I read that. I know. I read that while we were watching Fantastic Beasts the other day, Steffi. <laughs> I can't well, even picture him in that role. No. I know. No, he's not no, creepy enough. No, not he's too all. nice. Yeah. Uh, one other last movie thing that I wanted to complain about before we move on <laughs> <laughs> is the scene in Deathly Hallows where uh, Ron comes back with the sword and he sees Hermione and Harry making out in the sky. <laughs> the creepy they, locket situation. Yes, but yeah. they're like naked and this whole, why, why? With silver paint yes. on them. It's just so weird and creepy. And I it understand the point of the scene from the book. But like. They made they, it really creepy. It was creepy. bad. It was really creepy and also really uncomfortable to watch with my child. <laughs> and like, Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. It was bad. A bad scene. I don't know why they did it that way. Um, how did you guys feel about the Harry and Hermione dancing? I loved it. I know it's not in the books, but I loved it. I really, I don't know. And I, part of me just loves Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson as like two humans and two friends. But I feel like that could have been a very real thing that Harry and Hermione would do just for that moment i don't know i I really liked it yeah i was trying to cheer her up yeah i thought it yeah yeah. i thought it worked um just in their because i know some people are like no because it's like too romantic but like it's not it wasn't though it was so friendly and and you know she was leaning on him because he's her best friend and she has she stated numerous times throughout the series that he was her best friend you know she might have been in love with ron but Harry was right the one that she confided mm-hmm. in because I don't think Ron's a very good listener okay <laughs> so last time I'm gonna shit on Ron until we talk about this next thing okay uh so oh wait 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 yes could we shit on the movie epilogue oh man yeah <laughs> the movie epilogue is tough it's a it's a it's, it's a rough one <laughs> speaking of timelines and aging people yeah <laughs> trying well trying to age Ginny, who and, and I mean, she's she was what? How old was was Bonnie Wright when they? Not were, very old. Is yeah. that her name, Bonnie Wright? How old was she when they made that movie? Probably like seventeen yeah, or eighteen. A, she was is my guess, right? If if yeah. not younger, and like trying to make her look like a forty-year-old woman was. Like tough. I suppose I get why they didn't just like cast older actors for that, but I mean they couldn't. You can't not. cast, you, you know. I mean, especially not with the main three. It just doesn't make sense. I do think they did a better job with Draco yeah. aging yeah. him. I think they did a fine job with Daniel Radcliffe and yeah. uh, Emma Watson. Uh, I mean, yeah. She was okay, I guess. They gave Ron a weird haircut and a like an old man gut. <laughs> yeah, they did, didn't they? I mean, I guess that's par for the course for poor Ron, though. He always had a weird haircut. I think that's just the way he is. He has a weird haircut it's like true. now in it's just life. It's Rupert Grant. Yeah. It's, I mean, he like drives an ice cream truck. So Wait, I feel what? like that's very. What? Yeah. So he. This his is side like, job when he's this not is what happened. I don't know how I store all this random stuff in my head. But yes, he does own an ice cream truck and he bought it sometime when they were filming the movies. And so, like, on the last day of filming, he, like, actually filled it with ice cream and, like, brought it to set and had everyone enjoy ice cream. So, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's... I mean, it's, I would not be mad yeah. at that. This is no, I just... surprising to hear. I thought you meant he went around driving an ice cream truck, like, now. Oh, I don't... I mean, he might still drive it, but... Not as like a functioning okay. ice cream truck, <laughs> but he did he did buy one. It's oh well, that's a little fun fact for you. I am full of fun yeah, facts. You really are. I 
Hashtag and, Ravenclaw. But <laughs> hashtag Ravenclaw. But like my fun facts are very concentrated into certain categories, like Harry Potter, Disney, and things you would read in People magazine. That's kind of where my <laughs> trivia ends. Whereas my husband can remember, he like reads Wikipedia He's a for giant fun. Nerd. So, <sighs> Steffi calls I do. him Grandpa. I call Will. him. I, I pretty much exclusively call him Grandpa Will, and I think it drives him nuts. And yeah. that's why he loves me. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> sp- speaking of Grandpa Will, I was actually out visiting Kathleen this past weekend, and um, we popped down to San Francisco and saw Cursed Child. So the play is fresh in our minds, and I know there's a lot of debate over whether Cursed Child is canon or not, like all of these things, but I just feel like we need to have a discussion about it. So first, Megan, have you read it? I have read it. Okay. But it's been a while, so I think I read it like when it came out. Yes, which Mm -hmm. I had read it when it came out, but I had not read it since when we saw it. So I remember like a lot of the plot pieces to it but it was still like fresh and new um and so what i will say and i know kathleen agrees with me if you've if you have read it and you're like i don't know this is weird you need to see it in person which is irritating to hear but It's so good. It is so, so good. And there's a lot of the things that don't make sense on the page. Because, like, and a, a lot of people have made the point that, like, it when you're reading it, it is a, it's a script. So there's a lot yeah. of that go like that goes from reading it on the page to like even hearing it read aloud, like at a table read or something, to then seeing it on stage as a full production and the 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 tricks that they pull off to like (laughs) make the magic come to life i cannot figure out how they do some of it and it is fucking mind-blowing um so if you ever get a chance to see it on stage take it because you will not regret it it is so good it is it is phenomenal and i do think it's canon because even though jk rowling didn't write the actual script she did create the story and to me if her name is on it it's yeah. canon because it's her world it's her i mean and yes it's become much much bigger than just her but she was the one that came up with the characters and if she did not there's no way that it would have gotten produced if she did not give her stamp of approval so to me that makes it canon yeah the thing i loved about it is the new take i had on the malfoys after watching it um So when you read it, you're like, huh, this Scorpius kid, like Draco's son, like he's an interesting character. When you see his character come to life, he is the most precious thing. And I love him and I want to be his best friend and also his mother. And it's just weird. And I love him. (laughs) He's he's absolutely I mean, easily my favorite character in yeah, for the play. Sure. And I mean, I loved actually one of my favorite parts about watching it because I actually saw Cursed Child last year in New York. Um, and I was fortunate enough to get to see it with the original London cast. They were still in New York while I saw it. And it was just a perfect moment. And so this time I, I got, I kind of got to, sit back and just enjoy it instead of trying to absorb it all like I did the first time. And not that I didn't enjoy it the first time. I absolutely adored it the first time. You guys know what I mean. Um, 
But my favorite part was watching <laughs> Steffi's reactions to all of the tricks. <laughs> because they were like from the very beginning of the of part one, you know, you're like two minutes into this play and all of a sudden they you know, because it, it starts off where the epilogue leaves off, where they're on platform nine and three quarters about to send the kids to school for the first time. And they kind of transfer from street clothes to Hogwarts robes. And from the second they did that, which truly looks magical and I don't know how they did it. Um, Steffi was Steffi's reaction was just perfect. <laughs> she like jumped back in her seat, grabbed my leg and was like, what the <laughs> and and every amount every trick and magic they put into it she had the exact same reaction and there's this one there are several times when they are like going into the ministry or they use they use a phone booth to transport themselves which they do in the books as well and they did it a little bit in the movies but on stage it's a whole nother thing. And I, even after seeing it twice, I cannot for the life of me figure out how they did it. It just is baffling. I'm pretty sure Steffi and I had a 20 minute conversation about it at dinner in between yeah. shows because it's truly, I mean, the show is just so magical it really is. in every way, shape and form. It's so immersive, you know, in both, theaters they really redid a lot of the theaters so you know as soon as you step into the front door of the theater you know the carpet is all harry potter themed the wallpaper when you go into the actual theater by the stage is harry potter um and it's just it's it's the most immersive theater experience i've ever the, there's two more things I want to I want to say about this show. Um, the first is that in with the like very immersive experience, um, I've never so I've been I've been to a lot of shows. I've been in shows, um, and I've never been to a play that y- incorporates choreography in such a cool way. Um, there was never like dancing dancing in the show but the soundtrack to the show which was um done by imogen heap um is very much used is used in a really unique way for a play as opposed to a musical um and they definitely choreograph the actors and even like the um stagehands who are like pulling different pieces of the set off and changing the sets like even they do it like and they use like cloaks and just every little every single little thing is so well thought out um that it it really is extremely immersive and the other thing i really love about the show um the play itself um is seeing how it really brings to life the adult characters particularly of harry and draco um and their Mm -hmm. struggles with being fathers and fatherhood and um how like there's two such different characters and they were raised in two such different homes and they've had very different experiences, like very vastly different experiences since leaving Hogwarts and since the Battle of Hogwarts. But a lot of their struggles with fatherhood overlap in a lot of ways. And it very much humanized the character of Draco Malfoy. And it also, um, because, you know, when we leave him... We start to see, I think, little pieces of it towards the end of the series. But, like, in the main series, like, we're not primed to like Draco. Um, and we very much, you very much come to, to like him and understand him a little bit more throughout the play. Um, and then with Harry, obviously, like, he's the hero. And, you know, you love him. And you see a much more, like, less hero-y side to him. Um, as he's struggling mm-hmm. with raising a kid who he sees as very different from himself and all of these things. So 
I think I think it's really great and that if anyone has the opportunity to see it, you should take it because it is pretty damn cool. It's really amazing. I also love how they diversified the cast mm-hmm. more with the show. I mean, the, everyone, when they first announced that the play was going to be opening in London and that they had cast a black actress to play Hermione, there were so many people that went up in arms and JKR was like, I never specified that she had white skin. So get over it. And, um, and when I saw it in New York there, the part of the sorting hat is played by a man. Um, and it's not just a floating hat. It's actually played by a man. And then the same actor who plays the sorting hat also plays Hagrid. And in New York, it was played by a white actor. And when we saw it in San Francisco, it was played by a black actor. And so I liked that they didn't care. They just found the best person for the role. I like that a lot. And cast them. I like that a lot. But yes, go see it because it's, it's really cool. It's really just the best. Also our, the audience that we were with was, we were a really good audience. Let me just say, uh, and, uh, there is a part, where they go back in time and things have gotten really messed up and um, like Scorpius Malfoy is trying to figure out why. And so he's talking to Snape in this like sort of alternate reality and Snape's like, oh yeah, um, Cedric Cedric Diggory Diggory. killed a very like unimportant wizard. It was Neville Longbottom and everyone in the theater went, (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> like in perfect unison <laughs> so it was like it was pretty cool that like clearly everyone was total a real fan yeah for sure yeah and even we after the show was over we stayed to get our playbills signed and all the actors commented on that and how you know they knew that we were all fans because of that moment <laughs> so i feel really bad now that i didn't go see it uh when i was in london in september um but also even like hearing you guys like how you saw it and then you were talking about it like that's the reason i didn't go see it because i would have gone alone yeah and yeah. it would have i feel like it wouldn't have been the same experience yeah I, yeah, it's, I will say it was really fun to see it with a friend and then be able to like mm-hmm. decompress. Okay, I gotta, we gotta talk about it now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the nice thing. I mean, people always, people ask me if you have the option to see it in one day or you can see it in consecutive days, you know, part one, one day, part two, the mm-hmm. next day or the next week, whatever. And several people have asked me, like, isn't it such a long day? You know, would you rather have broken it up? And it does make for a very long day. But my answer is unequivocally, go see it in one day. Because being able to see part one and then, you know, Steffi and I went to dinner, talked for two hours, mostly about the show, and then immediately you get to go see part two and have that satisfaction of seeing how it ends Mm -hmm. immediately. It's, it's definitely the way I would recommend seeing it to other people. Now you'll just have to like find an excuse to like go out to San Francisco and I know now I really want, now that I've seen it with you, I want to now try and do their like Friday lotteries that they have. For every show, because you can get tickets for like forty bucks, and so, <laughs> so oh, I nice. wanna. That was the other reason. Now I might just try. And yeah, do that, that was the other reason I didn't go see it in London is because it was like. Oh, it's expensive as hell. Yeah, it was like one hundred and fifty pounds, and I was like, oh god, I can't. I can't. Yeah, do per it. <laughs> yeah. per show, probably I think right. It, like per um, part. Um, I can't remember if it was per part or not, but it was. It, it would have been crazy expensive. 
Yeah. And I, I just couldn't justify it for like a night out by myself. Yeah. It's definitely one of those things like it's worth it for like some like a, a special like you're not going to go do this every little whip stitch. Um, but or like if you're like, OK, well, I'm going to go out to San Francisco for the weekend and have a nice weekend and going to go see the show or like something like that. But yeah, it's 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 a really cool experience and and well worth well worth doing. Do you think it like is there a an age range like like uh, do you think you'd have to be 18 were, and up to go see it or no, there were definitely no a lot, there, there were a lot, a lot of younger, of younger girls at our yeah. show who were trying desperately not and vocalizing to themselves and to us because we were in the vicinity that they did not want to flirt with the actors <laughs> when they came out. <laughs> like i think you could take reese I th- okay. I think Reese is old enough that like I think you could take him. Um, there's a couple parts that are kind of kind of scary. Um, like the Dementors are kind of freaky. Um, and yeah, what was the other? Just just don't get yeah. front row seats in the mezzanine, right? And you'll be yes, because <laughs> then they aren't like flying like right by you or like over you because they do come yeah. like over the audience. But and oh there's... god, I hate when I hate when and actors then... go out in the audience. But it's like, but it's not even, it's, it's like a Dementor that's coming. Like, it's not an actor. It, yeah. It's like, I can't, we can't it's even a like describe it. But like, so yeah. we were in, we were like, maybe like, I don't know, halfway up in the mezzanine level. And so like, they weren't close to us. So that was great. Um, and then there was, there's one other but part it, where. It's the, like it's the, the big, big reveal. reveal. Yeah. The big it? reveal where all yeah. of you're like, holy shit. Oh. You just kind of get like a spook because it because you are surrounded by stuff, but it's not it's not by actors at all, and it's not it's just a special effect that they use where it you just start to get goosebumps because it's this big moment and big reveal. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if he if your son's read all, the, books, all the movies, then yeah. and seen all the movies. Like, I don't think it's any darker no, than Deathly so Hallows. Okay. So, yeah, I think you I think, fine. so, like, if you wanted to, like, do, like, a, a, a mom and Reese trip or something, I think that would be really cool. I think you'd enjoy it. For, you know, like, eighth eighth grade graduation or, like, 13th birthday or, like, 16th birthday. Well, they, they, they get to pick a trip this year, and he was saying he was thinking about New York City, so. Ooh, see, that perfect. Might, might be perfect, yeah. Yeah, that would be, I think, I think he would probably really enjoy it, so. 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, so we're talking about kind of hotly debated parts of the HP universe. So let's touch on Fantastic Beasts, which we I know we have all seen. So Kathleen, you have seen them the most recently because I made you watch them with me while I was there. I <laughs> <laughs> yep. To, pre- to prepare for the podcast because I had never seen them, which Steffi... Um, gave me some dirty looks for her. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, but I was I I had I had babies the same years that they came out. Like I guess so you were doing important those years stuff, are kind but of, like come on. You know. I don't remember a lot of things that happened in twenty sixteen and twenty eighteen, <laughs> to be honest. That's but. fair. That's fair. But so you have yeah. the most like you have like the freshest thoughts on these movies. I I love them. In addition to having babies, because that's not the only reason why I didn't see them. Um, I actually just wasn't sure how I was going to feel about a Harry Potter movie that didn't involve the original cast. And it was a, you know, this prequel and all that sort of stuff. And so we started watching Fantastic Beasts and I was kind of filling around on my computer and Steffi kind of made me, she was like, watch this, watch this. This is important. (laughs) Um, And I really got engrossed in the whole story. It was an amazing movie it absolutely stood on its own as a great harry potter film um and then so we watched that and then we watched watched that on friday went to the show on saturday and sunday we watched crimes of grindelwald um 
which up until the very, very end, I thought was also a very great movie. And then the ending happened where they where uh, Grindelwald tells Credence his real name. And literally, I just said, no, 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 <laughs> until, 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 until Steffi stopped her, basically. Like, she she was just, just sat there literally because... like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> cause I mean, cause that movie I watched pretty carefully and I was like very, uh, I was very invested in it. And then that happened and I was like, Mm-mm, no, no, we're not going there. Like that's not happening. And so then Steffi and I watched some of the deleted scenes. Oh, I haven't seen those. And well, I mean, Steffi made like I, you couldn't rent Crimes of Grindelwald, you had to buy so it. I just I, so I bought it. So I bought the pack. I was because then I asked her. I was like, "Is this something I'm going to be watching again? Like, should I just buy it?" So we did, and I will watch it again. So it was worth it. But um, in one of the, the deleted scenes, it's like an alternate beginning to the movie. Where they show, um, like, the baby drifting off in the white cloth. And then they tie it straight together with um, the little bits of Credence's Obscurus immediately after that. Like, reforming. And so, to me, I'm going to try and believe in my head until the third one comes out later this year. That... He's not actually a Dumbledore. He is actually a Lestrange. And Grindelwald's just using him for his dark purposes. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting when we watched that scene because it does very much tie, like, the baby that was supposed to have been, like, the Lestrange baby and Credence together. Um, And so... I want I was like I wonder if that's why they took it out because it was too much of a connection and they thought it was giving too much away I it was it was really interesting to like see that 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 scene that was taken out I wonder why they would have taken it out then uh I right because it actually was like seeing the like little whip the the little wisp of the obscurus like reform into credence like that was it was also very helpful just for seeing like how he the actually is right a that he person like, didn't again. die um and how all that happened yeah. so i did think it was very odd that they like took that out i don't know and and they didn't just take it out of that because in the itunes version that we bought it also comes with an extended cut of the movie and so Steffi and I watched that, or not, we didn't, we watched the original theatrical version. And then we, after watching that deleted scene, we started playing the extended cut just to see. Because usually all the extended cut is, is the regular movie with all the deleted right. scenes in it. And they didn't include that scene in the extended cut either. Huh. Which I thought Mysteries was aplenty. Interesting. I remember. I remember seeing that in the theater with you, Steffi. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, I gasped. <laughs> we all did, I think. <laughs> but but then you were like, "Oh yeah," like you acted like you knew, like of course. And I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" Well, I picked up on like as they, they I had picked up on something. A, like a like a little bit earlier and I was like okay and then I, my brain was immediately like okay how did this happen who like whose baby is he if he's a Dumbledore how is he a Dumbledore what's the history what's the timeline like my brain was immediately like okay if this is happening let's 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 get the logic of it <laughs> so <laughs> I like went immediately from like oh my god to like okay problem solve this <laughs> <laughs> I hope that he is not because it upends I feel like a lot of stuff if he is. It, it upends a lot of stuff and also I feel like it's too much of like yes. a reworn trope of movies yeah. like I mean we just got over the Star Wars thing like I haven't I didn't go see it but I've heard all the things um 
and like it's all really worn over in that and like I just want I don't want him to be related to Dumbledore I want it to I want him to stand on his own as his own character yeah it makes more sense to not have him be related in my mind and it 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 throws a lot of problems into the Ariana Dumbledore yeah. plot mm-hmm. line as well. Which, because I mean, I, I I find myself so fascinated with her story and I feel like adding credence to that would just be, it would not, I don't know, it would mess with her story mm-hmm. too much for me. The, I feel like it's extremely plausible that Grindelwald is lying um and because he clearly like he has clearly said that Credence is the only one that could like take down Dumbledore so Mm -hmm. like he could very well be just lying to him to make that happen because he can't move against him because of the blood pact which I really did like the introduction of the blood pact and i'm very interested to learn more about that and see where that is going and like how they handle all of that Mm -hmm. i thought that was a really interesting twist on like why dumbledore wouldn't have gone after grindelwald earlier in his like reign of terror or whatever so I feel like I I feel a lot like about this the way that I felt about Snape um, when the original series was coming out as a lot of people had a lot of strong thoughts and feelings about Snape and I was like I don't know I just need to see where this is going and so I have like what I really hope is going to be the case but I am like okay I'm going to reserve judgment until I see where it's going. Um, which I recognize may not be until the fifth movie. So I may be holding out judgment for several years, but it's okay. I'm in it for the long haul. Well, I just (laughs) looked it up and it does not actually come out until next year. Oh, I thought it was this year. No. 2021 November. What? Oh. Yeah. They're only filming it right now. To quote Kathleen's four-year-old. What? (laughs) (laughs) Henry's favorite word right now. He says what? It just like that. What? They're also apparently doing another Sherlock Holmes movie. Oh, interesting. Just in oh. case you need a Jude Law fix. I do probably. <laughs> Always. <laughs> just rewatch the holiday. Who cares if the holidays uh, are over? For real though. Uh, I actually did not watch that this holiday season, so maybe I have to fix that soon. Okay, so we don't want to talk about Harry Potter without acknowledging. At least some of the recent controversy surrounding J.K. Rowling, uh, particularly her tweets in support of a British woman whose work contract was not renewed after she shared some transphobic views. Um, I know it's left a lot of fans disappointed and confused. Um, I recently read an opinion piece in the L.A. Times, which we will link to in the show notes. Um, It was written by a trans writer who posits... The spirit of the books lives in more than just one woman. Um, And I wanted to hear what you guys thought about that. I mean, I think I think that writer is 100 percent spot on Mm -hmm. there. I also think that it's dangerous when people turn real people into idols. Mm hmm. And she's, I mean, she's a a real person just like the rest of us. And we all say stupid shit. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's obviously scales of stupid shit that people say. Yeah. And uh, she happens to have an extremely large platform for her to say it. Um, And it's unfortunate that she feels that way. But it, I guess technically within her rights um and I so it's kind of one of those situations where you have to start to divorce the artist from the art mm-hmm. um maybe I mean maybe she will realize 
that what she said was wrong, but maybe she won't. And I think it's awesome that so many people called her out on it immediately and specifically called her out on it for teaching everyone who is a Harry Potter fan, like, to love one another despite differences. Um, But, yeah, I don't... not sure where I was going with that, but um, yeah, I think I think it's great the world that she was able to create with her creations. I think it's I mean obviously that's the reason why we're talking right now. Uh, but I do think she probably has not necessarily fully thought about what that really means for who she is in the end, even though. You know, it's been, what, 15, however many years it's been since the first books were published. Right. Like 20 years. Oh, 20. Something like that. 20 um, years. Yeah. More than 20 years, I believe. So she should know better. Yeah. But like I said, she's a human. And and you know what? I feel like in the 20 years that she really hasn't made a lot of these big Mm -hmm. mistakes um you know no matter how no matter the degree of the mistakes that she's made and this certainly seems to be the biggest one that anyone Mm -hmm. can remember um the world that she created doesn't hinge on this one tweet and you know, I don't think that the lessons that are in the books are made any less of lessons because of this one tweet. And, you know, I mean, I have Harry Potter quotes in a lot of places in my house. Um, my whole entire guest room is Harry Potter. And it's themed. amazing. But <laughs> it's pretty great. But. You know, one of my favorite quotes from Harry Potter is a Dumbledore quote, and it's happiness can be found in even, even in even the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light. And I mean, that quote has gotten me through a lot of shit, a lot. And I, do, I don't feel like that lesson is diminished any because of mm-hmm. what she said. And so while I don't agree with what she said. I think that the world that she created is so much larger, even on a different scale than, you know, a musician or an artist, a different kind of artist where it's a lot simpler, I think, to just say like, well, we're not going to listen to R. Kelly anymore. Um, Because, you know, some of the music is questionable anyway, so we're just going to get rid of it all. I Harry Potter is such a an inspirational and inclusive story and I I'd hate to think that kids today wouldn't be able to enjoy it because the author made a mistake. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. yeah, because she made one she made a comment that was that she may come to change her mind about who knows who who, we cannot say what will happen in the future um but and i think i do think it's interesting um and i think you guys are completely right and i agree with you and can't say it better um i think it's interesting because i think we'll be encountering similar things more and more um, you know, obviously being in the, you know, Me Too era, um, we've seen a lot of this um, with different musicians and actors and personalities and, you know, having to, in very different, con- you know, different contexts. Um, but I think that there will be a lot of, you know, at what point do you divorce the art from the artist, as Megan said? Um, and, you know, when are they more connected? And 
trying to figure that out and like when do you just when is somebody canceled and when are you like okay their work is still valuable even if they're less awesome um and when in the age of social media that we live in i think we'll only encounter things like this more often um so yeah. it's it's there it's interesting and i don't know that there is necessarily a right or wrong answer for any of it but it's they're interesting things to think about and consider and um but i do i i, I agree with this um opinion writer that the spirit of the books lives in far more than just jk rowling so with that uh i think we can we can say that we have thoroughly investigated all areas of the magical universe and we could probably still talk for two more hours about all of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's true we are our, our desire to talk about it is pretty much boundless but we have talked about it for almost two hours so maybe we should move on and talk about what's bringing us joy this week Besides Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, Kathleen, you first. Um, other than my visit with you this weekend, which brought me ample amounts of joy, um, I would have to say that cozy sweaters and shirts are bringing me a lot of joy right now. Yes. Um, Sacramento has our winter is basically an endless fall in the midwest and i know right it's my favorite season and i get it extended um and so i have recently purchased many cozy sweaters and shirts that i'm very excited about because the last couple years i have been purchasing mostly either maternity clothes or clothes that are nursing friendly and let me tell you all of the shirts that I have just bought have high necks and are super cozy and I'm pumped <laughs> so, love it that's it's bringing me a lot of joy <laughs> excellent being able to buy real clothes was like I, I don't know. It, it feels life-changing. It does. It really does. I mean, I bought some jeans in the actual fall timeline, you know, <laughs> and uh, and I was like, man, I just feel like a different person. I'm wearing <laughs> jeans, and now I'm wearing, like, jeans with a cute sweater. I mean, I still wear leggings, you know, five out of seven days a week, but... On those other two I days. Feel, I, I just feel much more dressed up and like a put together mom when I have a cute sweater on than when I'm wearing my leggings with like a Disneyland sweatshirt. Right. You know, True. I'll put on like necklaces and my kids will be like, you're oh, so yeah. dressed up. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Oh no. Okay. no, the bar's real low. <laughs> real low at this house. <laughs> yeah. I put, I remember in the summer when I was pregnant with my daughter and I put on like a full face of makeup for the first time in probably months and my son said, mommy, you look so pretty. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I don't know what I, I was like. I don't want to ask the follow up questions to that. So. <laughs> Just going to let that lie and say, thank you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Megan was bringing you joy. Um, so earlier today, my kids and I were watching YouTube videos that um were compilation videos of infomercial fails. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I don't remember how we even got on this topic at dinner time, but uh, we somehow started talking. They, I brought up infomercials for whatever reason, and then the kids wanted to know what an infomercial was, which of course meant I had to explain the overacting in an infomercial. Yes. About how you immediately drop everything in your hands as though you suddenly had flippers and would fall <laughs> over and could not possibly use a hose properly or pour a glass of milk without making a huge mess. And so they immediately needed to see these videos. And um, 
it brought us so much joy this evening to watch a lot of ridiculous people doing ridiculous things. And apparently there used to be a product that I cannot remember what it was called, but it was basically a plastic bag you would tie to the end of a dog's butt. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to tell you right now, what? that's not going to work. <laughs> no. Like, I don't know in what universe they, like, managed to get that all the way to, like, commercial production. No. Yeah. Oh my God. But, like, seeing my kid, like, whenever, I don't know if you saw max laugh at all when you were here because he's so very stoic around strangers but when he gets the giggles it is the absolute cutest thing and i i was dying just listening (laughs) to him laugh it's so fun what about you stuffy uh well aside from Seeing kathleen's daughter take her first steps when i was there this weekend that was pretty cool oh that's true Oh, I probably should have said that as my thing is bringing me joy. <laughs> well, she hasn't repeat. Has she repeated it yet? No, because you're not here. <laughs> She'll only walk so to me. So she hasn't. She hasn't taken any more steps. But <laughs> so it was a temporary oh, joy bad. for you. It's fine. Bad no, mom. we're not. Bad we won't touch you. Uh, aside from that, uh, so Megan, I don't know if you remember, but a few weeks ago, the thing that was bringing you joy were gummy bears, and you talked about yeah. the. How Rose could I all forget? Day gummy bears, right? And I said that my favorite regular flavor of gummy bears is the white ones, but there's never enough in the bag. Well, <laughs> Kathleen <laughs> took me to this candy store in Old Sacramento called Candy Heaven, and yep. they have every kind of candy imaginable, including bags of just the white gummy bears. Like they have like the individual flavors. So I have a bag of just the white gummy bears, and that is bringing me a lot of joy. <laughs> are there any left there are i'm making them last i'm only eating a few at a time because it's not a big bag no it wasn't a big bag but it would be a lot to eat in i mean you've you only left here like 36 hours yeah, ago no. there's i actually only cracked it open like earlier today so i i didn't let myself open it on the plane because if i ate them on the plane they would have I like they I they wouldn't have made it to Illinois. So I mean, I have I confidence in you, Steffi. Like, I have confidence that they will definitely be gone by Thursday. <laughs> yeah, depending on <laughs> depending on how my myriad of, of work calls go, the next couple of days there may not be any left <laughs> by the end of the week. <laughs> but they will have brought me a lot of joy in the process. Okay. <laughs> oh. Next week, we'll be talking about all things social media. So whether social media gives you FOMO or JOMO, be sure to join us here next week. Until then, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your thoughts about the pod, so drop us a line on social at Podcast or email us at idratherstayinpodcast at gmail.com. Bye! Bye.